Ever walk through a model home? It's kind of fun, isn't it? You get to see all the high-end decor and the new architectural features. Have you ever noticed, though, that you rarely, if ever, visit the basement and check out the foundation? Well, that is unless you're interested in buying the home, and then the foundation is extremely important. Welcome to the Sunday Sermon on Through the Bible. In just a moment, we'll hear more about the importance of a strong foundation as we travel through 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 11 to 15. Oh, and you'll hear Dr. McGee mention Church of the Open Door in downtown Los Angeles. That was the church where he served for over 20 years. Now, as we get started, Greg and I have got some letters that we want to share with you. And not just some great letters, but letters from everywhere. That's, yeah. that's what I, I get so encouraged. Even though I, I, I love this ministry, I live in it day to day. Uh, when we pull back and just take a quick sampling of where the Word of God is landing, where is the seed being flung? It's, it's so encouraging. Yeah. This first one is from Mrs. Corral in San Antonio, Texas. She starts with a Southern greeting. I love y'all. All right. Ever since I came from Mexico, I lived in San Antonio and worked as a maid. I found some Spanish stations playing music on the radio. For a while, that was good. But my soul needed some food. It was then I was reunited with Through the Bible on KBIB from Marion, Texas. The reception was not too clear, but I would move my radio around to a spot that it made it clear. Years ago, I welcomed Jesus into my heart through Dr. McGee's teaching. The Lord's been so good to me. It has not been easy learning the language, but it has certainly not been impossible. Through God, all things are possible. Now that I'm able to listen to Dr. McGee, his voice is unmistakable. Thank God he has helped me to discern a false teacher from a real one. Thank you all for your dedication to the Great Commission. I will support with my prayers and my gifts as I am able. May God grant that we have love and faith as we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen. Wow. And what a what a great letter that she heard him in Spanish first and then eventually was able to listen in English. I mean, just the, the continuity of the faithfulness of, of our listeners here in the U.S. and Canada who have enabled us to keep broadcasting for 50 plus years. It, it's what makes those kind of letters possible. Yeah, such an encouragement. Now, it's if we were spinning a globe, we'd spin it to almost the other side of the earth from a listener who is uh, on the Hindi Bible bus. And it, it says this, there was a time when I did not not believe in God. I lived life the way I pleased, not caring what anyone said. My parents and relatives worshipped idols, and I was happy leading an immoral lifestyle with bad company. I Mm. lived to drink alcohol. Naturally, there was no peace or joy in my life. One day, don't you love that, Steve? All of these turning points. One day, I I happened to listen to Satya Vachan on the radio. And of course, that would be the name of the Hindi through the Bible radio program. This person goes on, when I continued to listen regularly, I understood something about the word of God and salvation. Eager to change my life, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord, and now I am assured of eternal life. Amen. Sadly, there is no church and no believers in my area, hmm. but because of Satchivachan, I am not alone. I listen to the Word of God and have fellowship with Jesus. My family, my relatives, and the community are against me because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Sometimes I get discouraged. But when I listen to how Jesus died, was buried, and rose again from death, I have joy and peace in my heart. He paid for my sin, and God marked my debt paid. If Jesus lives, so now I can too. Hmm. That is just such an encouraging <laughs> oh, man. letter. That is amazing. I mean, it. Uh, oh. 
Okay, here's this is a listener in Bengali. I come from a different faith. I've been an occasional listener of this Jiban Bani program for the past two years, and that's through the Bible in the Bengali language. I listen to this program regularly through radio, and the teaching from the Bible has enabled me not only to learn many new things, but also to apply them in my life. I was going one way, and praise God, I turned around. I now keep doing that every time I learn more. <laughs> That's fantastic. And Steve, we, we got another one that's short, but so encouraging. This is Kamal from Syria. How lovely and like delicious food is the word of God. Mm. Joy fills me every time I listen to your soul-filling radio program. Although I am not living in a safe country, I feel safe when I am close to the word and the promises I have found in it. Thank you, Lord, for through the Bible, and thank you for a wonderful walk through God's holy word. Wow. Oh, well, I hope that you have all been as blessed and encouraged as we've been in reading these letters. It is yeah. wonderful to see how the Spirit of God is moving in so many different people's lives all around the world. Yeah, I feel like we've just had a worship service, Steve, yeah. don't you? Yep. And if you'd like to pray for these listeners along with us, you should be on our world prayer team. <laughs> Go into ttb.org forward slash pray. Sign up today. You'll be glad you did. And let me pray for us now as we begin our study. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for just the opportunity we have to be along for the ride as we see your spirit moving around the world through the faithful preaching and teaching of your word with Dr. McGee, but ultimately because of the power of Jesus to change lives and the power of your word to change people's lives. I pray that you would continue to do that, that you would continue to bless the ministry through the Bible, bless those who listen all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the Sunday sermon from 1 Corinthians 3 on Through the Bible. The foundation is not the building. The foundation is not the building. There is a form of relaxation that I'm sure that many of you have indulged in. You drive out through some of these new subdivisions here in Southern California, of which there are many, and all of them have uh, one to four model homes for inspection. And I'm sure that you have stopped at some of those model homes that were on display and that you made a personal inspection of them now this morning, I'm going to take you on a tour of inspection of some model homes. Fact of the matter is, I have this morning three model homes that uh, we'd like to show you. And I hope today that you're not uh, window shopping, that you're not just looking. I hope this morning that you will take one of them and I trust it will be the one that we are going to recommend. I want you to see the first model home that we have today, and I wish that I had the gift that some of these real estate operators of Southern California have of describing it. Many of them should have been poets because they can explain in wonderful terminology about their homes that they have for sale. I understand that up in Altadena, where I live, there was a man that wanted to sell his home. He went down to a, a, to a real estate man and told him he wanted to sell his place. And the real estate man came out and inspected it and then wrote up an ad about it, uh, describing it. 
This man rushed down, said to him, he said, uh, <clears throat> this home here you're describing, whose is it? Well, he says, it's yours. Well, he says, then, if it's that kind of home, I don't want to sell it. <laughs> now, this morning, I wish I could describe these models like that. The first model is a beautiful and lovely building, split level, if you please, has all conveniences. It has a built-in everything. Gingerbread and doodads all about, and it's completely furnished. The everything, the appointments are just what they should be. I must tell you, though, I can't misrepresent. I must tell you that this first model does not have a foundation. It's a beautiful building, but it has no foundation whatsoever. Now, somebody's saying, well, is there anyone so foolish as to build a, a home without a foundation? There's a geologist in Los Angeles that says there are people down in one section of the Pacific Palisades have been that foolish. They built houses on that which is moving, and actually they have no foundation under them whatsoever. My beloved, this morning, may I say to you that right here in Southern California we have many illustrations of folks who built on the side of hills and in canyons and they had no foundation whatsoever, and it's been tragic for a great many people. But somebody says, this house you're showing, why doesn't it have a foundation? I'll tell you why it doesn't have a foundation. There's only one foundation for this house. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the foundation. And there are folk that uh, they're just not building on that foundation. And the house they're building has no foundation because there isn't but one foundation. Paul says that's Jesus Christ. And our Lord himself described people like that. He says everyone that heareth these things of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. No foundation. Built upon the sand. And the Lord Jesus said that the man that does that is a foolish man. My beloved, the foundation of the house we're talking about is Jesus Christ. No other foundation can any man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. fact of the matter is, if you want to know about this foundation, uh, you could find out about it right here in this epistle of 1 Corinthians 10, 4. Will you listen to this? And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And our Lord told about a man who built his house upon a rock, 
and that that house stood. That house had a foundation. And Paul says, Christ is that rock. The Lord himself said he'd build his church on that same rock. He said to Simon Peter, on this rock I will build my church. What rock? Simon Peter, unfortunately a great portion of Christendom has gone off on that tangent. And uh, our Lord didn't mean that at all. Some have said it was the confession of Simon Peter. It's not his confession at all. The rock is Christ, my beloved. And Peter so understood it. For when Peter wrote his first epistle in the second chapter, the sixth verse, will you listen to this language? Wherefore also it's contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he's precious, but unto them which be disobedient the stone which the builder disallowed the same is made the head of the corner. Somebody says, well, is the stone and the rock the same? Yes. Peter makes that clear. He says, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. Peter says that the Lord Jesus Christ is the rock, and that when yonder in Caesarea Philippi he said to Simon Peter, on this rock I'll build my church, Peter says, I understood him to say, not me, not my confession, but upon himself would it be built. My beloved, the foundation is Christ. The foundation is Christ. And this model I'm showing you right now, it uh, has no foundation. And it represents the church members who have had no transaction with Jesus Christ personally. And there's a great company like that. They have never never had a personal transaction with Christ. But their church members, many like that today, oh, you will find in that group today, and many of them are in church, they're do-gooders. The do-gooder comes in under this class. They think by their own efforts. They think by their own energy that somehow or another uh, they can build a house and that they can put down a foundation that will stand. They are represented by the group right now that they are the teachers of this togetherness. We can just all be together like one lovely family, and we all lean on each other. You see, you don't need to worry too much about a foundation if we can all lean on each other because we won't fall down. May I say to you that there's no foundation in under that whatsoever. Then there are those today that are the dispensers of sunshine and rose water. They are the ones today that are saying that uh, let's get rid of the blood, let's get rid of the death of Christ, let's not talk about those things, let's talk about character building. These are the dispensers of sunshine and rose water. 
They are the disseminators of froth, fears, foam, and fuzz. They are the ones today that are saying you to do something, and they're trying to put out a foundation, but our Lord says it's sand. Then there are those that are seeking to be saved by church membership. I'm a member of a church, and therefore that means I'm a Christian. I was born in a Christian land, or I was born in a Christian family. And they present their so-called good works that will stand out to here among men, but would never stand before Almighty God. They have charity deeds that they major in. They go in strongly for self-effort, and there's a lots of activity. And I'm afraid that maybe even in the church of the open door that there are people that have substituted reality, and instead of reality, they today have activity. Very busy, but the supreme business is still undone. They've never come to grips with Jesus Christ. They're saying, well, I've been raised in the church of the open door. I know the vocabulary. I know what to say. I can give a little testimony, but never have come to grips with a Savior. Never crawled upon the foundation which is Christ and rested there. Building a house without a foundation. It was a man in a mental institution, and he was out with a pick, digging the foundation out from under one of the dormitories. Superintendent saw him, came out, wanted to be sympathetic with him, said, what are you doing? He says, can't you see I'm digging the foundation out? He still wanted to be sympathetic. He says, yes, but he says, you live in this dormitory. Oh, he says, I live upstairs. There are a lot of people today, Christians, they're saying, I'm way up high. I'm a very civilized animal. I live on a high plain. I'm way up high. But my brother, what about the foundation? Every building must have a foundation. It's going to stand. Must have a foundation. Paul says, no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Our Lord says, a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. That rock is Christ. Are you on that rock today? Somebody says, how do you, how do you get on the foundation? Listen to this, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth in him is not condemned, but he that believeth not the Son of God is condemned already. Why? Because simply he has not believed on the name of the Son of God. Are you on the foundation this morning? And you get there by faith, and faith only. Foundation was laid 1900 years ago. There is nothing you can add to the foundation. You can't bring one little pebble 
You can't bring one little shingle nail. You can't offer anything for the foundation it's built. And by faith we get upon the foundation. By faith. No other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. All God asks you to do is to get on the foundation, and faith is the only thing that can put you there. Trusting Christ. Uh, this is the first model place, and I'm sure you can understand that I, I don't recommend you buy this, because if we do have rain, Hey, this house won't stand. It's a beautiful thing, but it won't stand. It's not on the foundation. Don't buy. I want you to see the second model house. Uh, this uh, model is uh, another very interesting one. I bet you've never seen one like this one. This one is only a foundation. That's all it's there. There's no building. There's no structure. It's just foundation. The first structure, the first model we showed you, was a foolish one. Well, this one is weird. It's odd. It's outlandish. A foundation, nothing on it. Just foundation. Many of you folk who are from the Middle West and can reach back to the Depression will recall that after the Depression, all over that area, there were churches that were nothing in the world but a foundation covered over with tar paper. You remember when the little boom began to burst in 1929? Many had overbuilt. Many churches had. They started out by putting down a foundation. That was to be the first unit, and they covered it over, and they were meeting there. Then the Depression caught them, and they stayed there for a long time. They worshiped like gophers and groundhogs in a building that was nothing in the world but a foundation. The church went underground after the Depression. Now, my beloved, in many cases, I've preached in some of those churches, and I've looked at those foundations, and I want to say to you that in many cases, the foundation was strong and substantial. It was made of stone and concrete. And a wonderful building could have been put there, but it wasn't there. And it was an eyesore in the neighborhood, unsightly and offensive, a blot on the community. Will you listen now? Verse 12, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, haste, Paul says here that no other foundation can any man lay, and that's Christ, but he says that you can build on that foundation. And these churches that I referred to that were nothing in the world but a basement, no building on them whatsoever, they were all monuments to failures. My beloved this model I'm showing you now that's just a foundation represents many Christians. I'm sad to say that, but it represents far too many. And you hear them say today, well, I'm saved by faith. 
The grace of God has reached down and saved me, so there's nothing for me to do. So I just rest on what Christ has done for me, and I won't do anything at all. There was a preacher making a survey, and he was trying to get workers in his church, and he called on a certain member, said to the man, said, I wonder if you would uh, teach a Sunday school class. Oh, no, he says, I... The dying thief never taught a Sunday school class. Well, he says, I wonder if you would uh, then come and be active in the church, maybe serve as an usher. No, he says, I wouldn't do that. The dying thief was never an usher. Well, he says, I wonder if you wouldn't give generously then to our program. The man says, oh, no, he says, the dying thief never did give anything. The preacher left him with this comment. He says, well, brother, the only difference between you and the dying thief, he was a dying thief and you're a living thief. There are a lot of folk like that today. I'm saved by grace. There's nothing for me to do. My beloved, will you listen very carefully? If any man build upon this foundation... From the foundation up, everything depends on you. The foundation, nothing depends on you. You can't do a thing. But from the foundation up, everything depends on you. And here's where we have works. Here's where works fit into God's plan of salvation. Works follow faith. They do not precede faith at all. God's not asking any man who's unsaved, and if you are here this morning without Christ or listening in, may I make it very clear, God is not asking you to do anything, not one thing. That's the reason we do not ask the unsaved to give. God doesn't want you to give. God doesn't want you to do anything. Except one thing, he has you shut up to the cross of Christ, and there's just one thing he's asking the unsaved man, what will you do with my son who died for you? That's all. And until you answer that question, he's not asking anything. But after you come to Christ and have accepted him as your Savior, and become a child of God through faith in Christ, God then is saying, why don't you do something? He's saying, I have something for you to do. This is the place of good works in the life of the believer. And Paul's in agreement with James, may I say. Paul and James are saying the same thing. Listen to James in the second chapter, the 17th verse. Even so, faith if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now, he's talking about works, but actually the theme of James is faith. And James is not talking about works of law or works of your effort or works that have to do with the human side. He's talking about the works of saving faith. And James is saying that saving faith produces works. And he makes it very strong. He says, Yea, a man may say that thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. 
Now, God knows your heart. He knows this morning whether you sincerely and truly have trusted Christ as Savior, but your neighbor doesn't know it. And the only way in the world your neighbor will know it is by your work. That's all. And saving faith, James says, produces works. Listen to him. Verse 20, But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? And even John Calvin said, Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. It produces something. It produces something in the heart and in the life. Now, my beloved, may I say to you this morning, James says that if you do not put up a building on the foundation, he questions whether you're on the foundation or not. That's all that James is saying. And I do believe this morning that every Christian is building something on the foundation. I think that's inescapable. But uh, I want you to know that there are certain materials that you build with. In fact, Paul says that there are six materials that you can build with. Will you listen to them? Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, double. Now, I'm sure you'll agree that it's a long ways from gold to stubble, and it sure would take a whole lot of stubble to equal a little bit of gold. But he says that on this foundation you can build with these materials. In Egypt, the children of Israel had bricks without straw, but many Christians today are building using straw without any bricks at all. Nothing in the world but a straw stack. That's all in the world that they have to put on this wonderful foundation. There are too many fundamental believers today that say, I'm saved by grace, I can sit down and do nothing. My beloved, if you are a child of God today, may I say to you that for you now, good works are everything from here on in. Everything. Some folk today want to enjoy social security and eternal security at the same time. I want you to look at a man, this man who wrote this epistle, and I want you to get his viewpoint. Here is a man that up to the very last was constantly working and striving, not for salvation, that had been settled for him. But he was working and striving to put a building on that foundation that would stand up. And here's what he said. Right in this same epistle, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. That is, Paul says, I'm not shatterboxing. The Christian life to me is not a little game I'm playing. I'm not shatterboxing. It's reality to me. But I keep under my body, bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 
Does he mean that there's danger of him losing his salvation? No. The word is disapproval. Paul says that the reason that I'm working as hard as I am and doing what I'm doing for God today is that one of these days I have to stand in his presence and it will not be a question of my salvation. That was settled at the cross. It'll never be brought up again. When Jesus died for me and I got on the foundation, it was settled. That old account is set long ago. But Paul says, I'm working so hard now because I don't want to get up there and have him disapprove everything I've done and say, Paul, it was nothing in the world but just stubble. It's just straw. And you've got a few little wooden gadgets mixed in it, but you have nothing there that's permanent, that will abide. Oh, my friend today, you're building, you are putting something on the foundation if you're a Christian. You're either building with gold or with silver or with precious stones or with wood, with hay or stubble. You're putting something there. And as I look around me in Southern California, I don't know, but it looks to me like there's a whole lot of straw stacks around here. My, how they show up, these monuments of straw and gold. Oh, there's a... Oh, there's so many wonderful saints here. They're building with gold, and you can't see it. They get no publicity. But I want to tell you they're building for him. I, I don't think I need to tell you that I do not recommend this model. Oh, my friend, I do not work my soul to save. That work my Lord hath done, but I will work like any slave for love of God's dear Son. I carried that for years in the first Bible that I ever owned. I do not work my soul to save. That work my Lord has done. I will work like any slave for love of God's dear Son. Will you now look at the third model with me? I'm sure you don't want either one of these other two. But this is the home I recommend for you. Will you listen to this now? Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. This is a home where you pay nothing down of the foundation. And then after that, you pay everything. You pay everything. You give him everything that you owe, everything that you have. My beloved, this house, and it's a lovely one, it has a foundation. This is a house that is built on Christ. It's a life that uh, has come to grips with him and personal contact with Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus is a reality to that person today. Is he a reality to you? Now, I know there's growth here, and we do need today to grow. But I believe that there are a great many saints today that have come to the place where Jesus Christ is more of a reality to them than anything else in this life. I followed a man and... 
Nashville, Tennessee, who has been the pastor there, one of the most godly men I think I've ever met. I used to go out and talk with him, and I'm confident that Jesus Christ was more real to that man than any other person that was in this world. Is he real to you today? The, uh, the old Scotchman saved up his money. He was a fisherman. He sent his boy to Edinburgh, and that's when liberalism first entered the university, and the boy came back a skeptic, and he and his dad were walking along the shore one day, and the, and the boy was throwing off on his dad's faith. He said, now look, you don't believe all this about Jesus, do you? Being born of a virgin? Father said, oh yes, I do. He said, uh, you believe he performed miracles? He said, yes, I do. Well, he says, look, now that business of the resurrection, how do you know he came back from the dead? And the father, in amazement, startled, turned to the boy. Why, he says, son, I talked to him this morning. Talked to him this morning. You don't upset the faith of a man like that, my beloved. Oh, today are you on the foundation. God says that one of these days he's going to shake everything so you can see that there's one thing that can't be shaken. Are you on the foundation today? That foundation is Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to see the uh, house that's on this foundation that I'm recommending to you today, and I want to say that you've got some choices here. It comes in three designs. There are three color schemes. It comes in gold, you like that color, silver, a precious stones like the ruby, red, do you like a red house, or would you like it green like turquoise? What color do you want it in? You've got all sorts of choices here, gold, silver, and precious stone. Now, may I say to you that, and I must say this, there's only one thing about this house that militates against it, and I must tell you this. You can't get any fire insurance on it. Nobody will sell you fire insurance. Do you know why? The architect has already sent word that he's going to burn the place out one of these days. He says that out of the forest there's coming a conflagration that's going to sweep down upon your little house. Boy, is it going to burn. I do not mean to be irreverent, but I can tell you this morning who the firebug is. Jesus is the firebug. He has eyes as a flame of fire, and he's going to look at your little house. God have mercy if it's of straw. It's going up. God have mercy upon you if it's just even wood. It's going up. You won't have anything left but cinders and ashes. But may I say this to you? If you are building of gold and silver and precious stones, fire is going to improve it. In fact, fire will weld it together. Oh, it'll make it airtime. And fire will purify gold because the dross, all the imperfection will be taken out and the pure gold will stand there. Same thing of, true, of silver, same thing of the precious stone. 
Those precious stones were formed by fire, they tell you today. Why does he set it on fire? He's going to set it on fire, he tells us. Listen, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. He wants to reward those that are his own. Salvation is a gift, but a reward is what you work for. So he's going to take what you're building on the foundation, and he's going to put the torch to it to see if it abides, see whether you're going to get a reward or not. He says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Does he have a reward for you today? It's going to be more tragic for some believers today. They're going into his presence. And down here in Southern California, they sure were throwing in the hay. And their works are going up in smoke. I think this is what John meant when he said that there'll be some who will be ashamed at his appearing. All they did down here, they did it for self. Everything they built was a memorial to themselves for their own satisfaction. And they did nothing for the glory of Christ. It's going up in smoke. It was done in the energy of the flesh and not through the filling of the Holy Spirit. Going up in smoke. Now somebody says, my, that's awful. I guess that that person then will be lost. They'll lose their salvation. I hope we made it clear at the beginning that the foundation is one thing, the building is something else. The building may go up in smoke, the foundation never. And if you're on the foundation, you'll be saved. You say, do you know that? I know that because Paul said it. Listen to him. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The Spirit of God indwells every believer. Now, that believer, that's a temple of the Holy Spirit, never be destroyed. You say you're sure, yes, get the verse right back of that. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Listen to this, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. He'll be saved. And that's the reason that I make this statement from time to time, that there are going to be Christians in heaven that are going to smell like they were bought at a fire sale. You know why? They're saved. They trusted Christ. But they went forth in the energy of the flesh. What are you building with today? Gold, silver, precious stone, a wood, hay, and stubble. Say, I hope you're going to take one of these houses, gold and silver and precious stone. It's on a solid foundation, and it'll stand through eternity. And I hope you're putting something on that foundation that will stand in his presence. That's a simple but important question. Do you know him today? Find out about how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ when you visit ttb.org and click on How Can I Know God? 
or call 1-800-65-BIBLE. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll meet you here every day as we travel through God's Word together. Join us each weekday for our five-year daily study through the whole Word of God. Check for times on this station or look for Through the Bible in your favorite podcast store and always at ttb.org.